Welcome back. Coming to you live from the CBS Community College of Summers in Philadelphia. We are continuing with our Ramchal uh, Limud um, over here. We have shifted gears and switched tracks going from Ramchal and Derech Hashem to the Ramchal on the night of the Pesach Seder. We've been learning through what the Ramchal has to tell us about the Lech Seder, the significance of all the objects and items. And he said, he promised us, he's going to explain to us what's going on with Morer, Matzah, Pesach, and the Dalit Kaisis. And um, he's been giving us a lot of background for us to understand what's going on on the night of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, what's going on in the Seder night, and where all these things fit in. What we saw so far, very, very interesting, and a kind of a deep concept over here, is that Klai Yisrael fundamentally changed when we left Mitzrayim. In our Guf change, we got a better glimpse into what that means yesterday, that the, the Guf, the physical casings, and the physical body, the physical vehicle that we all live in, and that our ancestors lived in is different than the one that we have now. That when, when we left Mitzrayim, it changed. Klai Yisrael's physicality changed. And the vart behind that, as we explained yesterday, was we went from having a guf, which all of humanity had, a guf that is resistant to ruchnius, a guf that is not interested in all matters spiritual. And even when the guf is compelled to participate in spiritual exercise, the guf is still not interested. The body still has to be dragged. And this is the body, the existence that everyone had up until Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, including Avram Yitzhak, Yaakov, the Shvatim, all of our ancestors that were there in Mitzrayim for 210 years. Whenever they wanted to be engaged in Ruchnius, Yaakov Inu goes to Yeshiva Shem Ve'ever, he has to drag his guf behind him. Avram Vinu goes to do the Akedah, he's dragging his guf behind him. Yitzchak, the Shvatim, Yosef, in Mitzrayim, they're engaged in spirituality. It's, it's an uphill battle constantly and continuously dragging the guf up the hill, schlepping the guf. What was in this by Yitzhak Mitzrayim is that now we are one step closer to getting back to rectifying the hate of Adam Rishon. We have a guf that now, over the course of time, and with being engaged by the neshama, gets a taste and a time and appreciation for what the neshama has to offer. And that's why a yid can get entirely into his learning. He has physical enjoyment, as we said yesterday. You can bodily, physically get into davening. You can physically get into mitzvahs. This is what happened by Mitzrayim. Now, we need a Mitzrayim. What we left off yesterday is we need a Mitzrayim to be that environment, to allow us to receive this upgrade. And the, 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 the uh, situation in that environment which allowed for this upgrade was the 210 years of suffering. So let's continue with that idea. Now we're up to the paragraph that says, Hine. Hine Tzirif HaGolos. The purification of Golis, the second paragraph on, on this on page Kuf Aleph, Kuf Ayin Aleph, Kuf Ayin Aleph here. Hine. Tzir Vagolis Kvar Biyarnishazel Yamash Atiyaras Yisrael Vahoytzi Mehal Azuama. The purification process, the smelting process, the refining process of the 210 years of backbreaking labor in Egypt is what purified Kleisrol and purged from them the Zuhamo, this poison, this contamination. Kadeshiyuchlo Achakach Lakabal or Akadusha in order to enable them to receive or HaKadusha, Hashem's divine light, Hashem's radiance. Now, what does that mean for them to receive it? What do you mean? Doesn't Klai Yisrael already have an Ashama? We're descendants of Avram Avinu, and as we remember, Avram Avinu was the one um, member of the human race that decided to go with the Rebbein Shalom. He now has a Nitzite, he has an Ashama, he has a spark that is connected all the way up to the Kisei HaKavid, that is capable of Zvekos. So we have that already. We're descendants of Avram Yitzhak and Yaakov. We already have that 
or Hakadusha. So what does it mean, Lakabel? It means Lakabel all the way down here for it to come all the way down into the Guf. That's what it means. That's what it means. Again, an unbelievable idea that we have to be gifted with a Guf that, that of which the physicality can be Mechabel the Neshama. And that's what we're sensating when we really appreciate Yiddishkeit, when we enjoy a, a Blat Gemara, and we got, get onto we feel a thrill, we feel an electricity, when we enjoy a good Shemona Esrei, when we enjoy doing chesed for people, and we get into it, we feel that thrill, we feel that energy, that's the guf being makabal in the That's the physicality being on board, not having to be dragged behind. This is what the Ramchal means. We have to purge the Zuama so we can be makabal the Ora Kedusha, and the lower part of us can be makabal the upper part of us. That the guf can be a vehicle for the neshama to, to penetrate, to, to, to uh, have some effect on it. So in order for that to work, we have to purge the zuama, the contamination, the poison, and pollution from the guf, and then we can get the orakadusha. This is, first of all, what the mar represents. So we're beginning to now get into the Seder table over here, and the Seder plate, and the Seder night. This is the maror. The mar is vayimaru ischayehem. Moror, as we know, is is there to represent the, the, the and evoke the past. The past is by Yimoros Chayim, that our lives were embittered. The Egyptians embittered, embittered our lives in, in Mitzrayim. In Egypt, our lives were embittered. So we eat bitter herbs. Moror is for Vayimoros Chayim. The Ramchal is saying that the concept of eating Moror is to remind us not just that you know things were awful and rotten in Mitzrayim. He's saying, uh, again, here's another mind-blowing concept. He's saying, we're eating the maror, excuse me, to remember that there was a purpose behind the maror, that we needed the maror. We actually needed the maror. And as we mentioned when we opened off this uh, the series on the Lil Seder, that you know if you have astute kids at your Seder table, which hopefully you do, they will hopefully ask you at some point one year Pesach time, when you tell them that Mitzrayim was awful and rotten, it was terrible, and Hashem took us out, and we're so appreciative of Hashem, a, a, a thinking child should ask, but didn't Hashem send us there? Why are we so thankful that Hashem took us out of Mitzrayim, which was awful, Hashem put us in Mitzrayim too? So what the Ramchal is revealing to us is that it's indeed not the right approach just to tell our kids that Mitzrayim was terrible, Mitzrayim was awful, Mitzrayim was, was the pits, and Baruch Hashem, Hashem took us out, it's to tell our kids, Mitzrayim was the pits, Mitzrayim was awful, Mitzrayim was terrible, and Hashem sent us there, and we needed it. We needed that, we needed that, and that's the maror. We eat maror, not just to remember that it was terrible and bitter, but to understand and appreciate that we needed that bitterness. That bitterness was purposeful. It was purposeful, and the purpose of that bitterness of 210 years, let's now connect some dots, was to allow us to be upgraded from Guf 1.0 to 2.0. And to begin the, the, the ascent of climbing notch by notch above the rest of humanity and re returning to our proper position, returning one step at a time to <clears throat> the ability to rectify the Chet of Adam Rishon and further, further um, making progress Along that path that Avram Vino already set into motion by aligning himself with the Rebbeinu Shalalim by the door for like a one moment, that is what 
was needed by the 210 years, and that was the embitterment, that was the, the marirus, and that was a necessary step in the development of Kalei and uh, us coming full circle. How does that work, Lamaiso? How did that work? So it's very simple and very posh, very obvious. It's, it's connecting a lot of ideas that the Ramchal has already presented us with. The problem with having the initial existence is that, again, the guf is not on board. The guf, body, up until you see the time, was always pulling in the opposite direction. I had to constantly imagine that, that Avaita was constantly dragging the guf behind us. That's what it was. I, I, I'm constantly just chopping my way through this thicket, con- constantly fighting against the current, fighting against the tide. I can do it, but it's constantly as such, constantly fighting against this dead weight, this anchor of my body. Why is that? Why is the body, until you can see the time, this, this weight and this anchor that's pulling me down? Because that's what Adam Rishon decided. Adam Rishon decided that the guf is going to be its own existence. It's going to be something that runs to enjoy life on its terms, in its way, and enjoys life and runs after life and pursues the pursuit of happiness and the pursuit of hedonism on its own terms. That's what the guf is. And said Adam Rishon, if I have that and I fight against that, my fight, my battle will be much more meaningful. The problem is that leaves humanity with a body that is so tempting, so alerting. The the uh, the um, <clears throat> pursuit of hedonism, the pursuit of happiness, that that becomes the only pursuit, and that eclipses everything else. Avram Avinu knows that no, I have a spark, I have an ashama. That's really the right way to go. I'm I'm, I'm going to pull my goof behind me. I'm going to drag it like this caboose that's being dragged by the train. But if we would stop the train, the caboose would try pulling us back the other way. Caboose that weighs just as much as the whole train does. If we stop, we're going up the hill, the caboose is going to pull us back down. Avravino knows that we got to pull the caboose up the hill. The body on its own loves the pursuit of happiness and wants nothing but the pursuit of, of hedonism, of, of, of uh, fleeting momentary physical happiness. It's all it wants, it's all it cares about. It doesn't get interested in anything else. In order to gift Kleisrael with an upgraded body that will allow them to use their Bechira better, that will allow them to, be, to, to, to serve HaKadosh Baruch better, that will allow them to begin this climb, this tikkun, of raising the guf to the neshama, not just dragging the guf behind the neshama. Remember, there's such a fundamental qualitative difference between the two. Raising the guf to the neshama, allowing the guf to be subservient to the neshama, which the others didn't have that guf. Kleisrael didn't have that guf. They had a guf that had to be dragged, that was dead weight. But to give Kleisrael a guf, a body that can become subservient to the neshama, that can become battle to the neshama, that can get into what the neshama is doing, we have to first purge that taint, that contamination of the body just wanting a gishmaka leben, life for itself, life on its own terms, life for the pursuit of happiness. So we have to give that body, the collective national body of Kleisel, 210 years of life that's not gishmak, of embittered life. Of life that is marirus. Life which is not the pursuit of happiness, life which is being pursued, life which is being persecuted, life which is being tormented and tortured. This breaks that contamination, that taint, that zuma out of the guf, a guf which, remember guf 1.0 is the guf that not just runs away from ruchnius but can't get into ruchnius because it can only, it only wants gashmis. We have to give the guf, the national collective guf of Kleisel 210 years of the very opposite extreme of this and then we can purge this from the guf now we can give them an upgraded guf the national collective guf of Kleisrael 
That's why we need the 210 years, and that's why it's called the Kur HaBarzel. The Torah in, in Parshas Vescharon calls Mitzrayim a Kur HaBarzel, a smelting furnace, where we take something and we purge the impurities. The impurities that were purged were the impurities of the goof that humanity possesses that has the taint that Adam Rishon put into it, the Zuama, that really comes from the Nachash, that Adam bought into the Nachash. He bought into the sales pitch of the Nachash. That Zuama, that contamination, that taint came from the Nachash itself, the Nachash's sales pitch of life is very gishmak and the goof enjoys life. And why don't you try this goof on for size? You should take a goof that enjoys life and you'll have so much more to fight against. That was the Zuama of the Nachash. Um, so that's the wrong idea. That was, Adam Rishon was criticized because he made uh, it, the, the wrong decision. The correct decision would have been to, to follow Hashem in spite of what he thought. In spite of the fact that he thought otherwise. Correct. Um, <clears throat> at the same time, obviously, we always have this dichotomy. Hashem um, foresees that Adam Rishon is going to make the wrong decision. And that is part of Hashem's plan from the onset for humanity to have the 6,000 year Avoida, and for us to go to Entmitzrayim, etc. But so that, that Zuma is going to be purged now from Kla Yisrael um, over the course of the 210 years. And now when we leave Mitzrayim, we're able to have that upgrade. We're able to get a guf that's one step closer to becoming the Bnei Olam Haba, one step closer to make Metikon of the Chet of Adam Rishon, and a guf that is now actualizes and realizes. And, and brings to a close the journey that Avram Avinu began by, in potential, saying, I want to return to the state of Adam Rishon. I'm going to fight the fight. I'm going to make my neshama supreme. Now Kleisrael is gifted with a body that can be on board, a body that can be subservient to that, a body that can be raised and lifted to that. That's what the Mar represents. So that's why we need the Marirus of 210 years, is to purge this contamination, to burn it out of us. I'm sorry, so we were talking about the Korah Barzal. The Korah Barzal is the furnace that, that, that burns out the impurities, the dras, from gold, from silver, from precious metals. There's something that brings it down, that gets in the way of it being pure, of it, being, of, of it shining, and that is exactly what we had. We have a neshama that wants to illuminate the guf, but we have to get something out of the guf to be able to upgrade that guf, to be able to make it a guf that the neshama can illuminate. And, making one more connection over here, we can understand something else also, you know, the, the simplistic approach to Moror is, oh, Mitzrayim was rotten, was, was awful. We have to remember that Mitzrayim was, was, was awful. So we eat Moror on Pesach, to remember that Mitzrayim was awful. But the Amos is... Exactly. So we see from the Ramchal, it's not just about remembering that it was awful. It was, there was a purpose behind it being awful. It was necessary. That's really what the Moror is there for. So a couple things that come out, that come together beautifully over here. Vaimarus Chayehem. The fact that the, the, the Marah, the Haggadah, the Balagadah tells us that we eat more because of the Pasuk of Vaimarus Chayehem, they made our lives awful. It sounds not like the Ramchal. It doesn't sound like the Ramchal. It says, no, life was terrible, life was awful, life was bitter, so we eat the bitter grains. It doesn't sound like the Ramchal. It sounds like we just remember that Mitzrayim was terrible. But Rabbi Yisai, no, it's there right in front of our very nose and right in front of our very eyes. Vaimarus Chayehem. Their lives became. Awful, their lives became bitter, their lives became terrible. Not their condition, not their situation, but their lives. And what does that mean? Their lives became terrible. Is it possible 
to for for a yid's life to be terrible? What 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 if someone would come to us, someone who's not in such a good place and is, is suffering? We have a friend, and he comes over and says, you know, I gotta I gotta share something. My life is awful. Life is miserable. My life is terrible. So what do we tell him back? How do we give him a boost? How do we give him chizik? Life is great. Life is amazing. Life is amazing. So you're in a situation which is not good right now, and it's coming from God, like Ramayisha is saying. And it's good. It's for your benefits. For it's for the best reasons. For the for in your best interests. Yeah, for the future. Lasted their entire lifetime. Okay, but is life awful? Is life is awful. So maybe just you know, just jump off the building then. Just end your life. Flip. What? At least do a flip. Do a flip. Do a few flips, right? Life is awful. Life is terrible. Life is is bitter. Our friend tells us that. What do we tell our friend back? Life is geschmack. Baruch Hashem, you're alive. Yeah. You have situations in life that are not good. Situations of life, and even though situations are, yeah, they're, they're not kishmak, but they're here for your best interest. How can the Torah say, Vayimaris Chayeyem? Their lives became bitter. A, it says, not like the Ramchal, that we're remembering just the fact that life was miserable and awful. And B, how can we even say such a thing? Both questions answer themselves up, Rabbi Yisai. One answers the other. Chadakushu b'chaverta mitaretzta, Vayimaris Chayeyem, the life that they are living when they come down to Mitzrayim, that's what became bitter. Physical life. They had a different type of life. They had a life in which they have a physical goof, goof body 1.0, which loves the life of happiness, which loves the life of hedonism. A body which, on its own, remember, that's what they had from the Chet of Adam until Yitzhi Sinsraim, all of humanity, including Avram Mitzvah and Yaakov, and including the Shifteka, and including all of our ancestors in Mitzrayim, had a body which has one life and an Hashem has a different life. And the body, the only way we can get the body on board with the neshama is to, to, to drag it up the hills, as we said, to schlep it by this, this huge caboose, which is trying to drag us down, down, down the mountain backwards. No, we got to schlep it. You know, I think I can. I think I can. I know I can. But the caboose is saying, leave me alone. I want to go back to sleep. Even all the way up to the top of Mount Everest, the caboose is saying, give me a body. I think you can. I know I can. You know. Laws up. Cut it out already. Let, let this, uh, unhook me and let me slide back down the mountain. It's, the goof has its own life. An amazing idea. The goof has its own life. The goof has a life where the goof wants to do what? Chill. Bad things, chilling things, hedonism and happiness, the pursuit of happiness, physical happiness. That's the kind of body that Kleisal has in Mitzrayim. That's the body that has to be purged from the Zuama in order to get this upgrade. For that's a body that the Neshama can't illuminate. That's a body that is always going to be blubberous and 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 belligerent and bloated. A body that's that's never going to be able to receive the illumination of the of the of the Neshama because it's too fat, it's too bloated, and it's too blubberous. It has its own life. In order for us to receive the upgrade for the neshama to illuminate the guf, again we need guf 2.0. And in order to get to 2.0, we have to purge the zoom and the pollution, the contamination, and the poison from guf 1.0. And that's vayimoros chayyem. We have to get rid of the independent, separate life that the own guf took on its own life. We have to embitter the life of the guf. Vayimoros chayyem, the guf's life, the life that the guf is able to enjoy in an independent way, which is, again, harks back to the hate of Adam Arishon, that's what has to become bitter. That's what has to become bitter. The life of the body. Because we have to show the life of the body that that's not really life. Yes, life is where the Nisham is. And you have the ability, if you allow yourself to get that upgrade and get embittered for 210 years, get purged, then you will... 
be upgraded to a body that can be on board with the neshama, that can be drawn after the neshama, not dragged after the neshama, that can become built with the neshama, can be participant, a participant with the neshama, not compelled by the neshama, and then your life is a different life, and then nothing is bitter. Nothing is bitter. So this gives us also a bit of insight when we speak to our friends, and our friends say, life is bitter, life is terrible, life is rough, rough and awful. We tell them, well, maybe you have the wrong definition of life. Maybe you have sunk down to life 1.0, where you believe that life is about the pursuit of happiness down here, and hedonism, and, and, um, and the hazardous, hedonistic happiness of, of, of the life down here. And yes, if, if that's where you live down here, then life is taka bitter. Life is miserable. But you know that life has a higher purpose, as Ramesh is saying, a, a higher reason, and, and there's a reason why things are not so gishmak down here, but that's for the higher purpose that's up there. Their life is gishmak. Life is never bitter when we have a higher life, a purposeful life, the life in the Shem. What an amazing idea. And that's exactly how we read this back in the God of Aymaris, the life that they brought down to Mitzrayim, i.e. the life that the body has independently of the Neshama, that's what became bitter. And that was our best, best gift that we could have received for those 210 years. That's what allows us now to climb above the nations and to get one step closer to returning to Adam Rishon pre-chetu. That, that's un- what an unbelievable idea. Um, that is... That is what the Mara is all about. So the Mara is never about just remembering that it was miserable. It's remembering that it was miserable for a purpose. And it's remembering that the Mara's Chayim is the life of, of um, the hedonistic life that we took down to Egypt, that we were enjoying in Egypt. And that's also why <clears throat> when we talk about the three items by the Lel Seder, we say them out of order. Call me Shaloi Amr, Shaloi Shadvar Mela, Lel Pesach, Loyase De Chayvase, Pesach Matsu Maror. Talk about the current Pesach, which symbolizes the Exodus, the Matzah, which we ate on the night of the Exodus, and Moror, which is by Moror's Chayim. It's out of order chronologically, because Moror came first. There's more than Matzah than Pesach. Why you Pesach, Matzah, and Moror? The Teretz is the same idea. Now we understand the Moror. Talk about the Moror last, because now the Moror has a purpose. When we talk about the Moror first, we're, 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 we're too caught up in the suffering. We don't see the point of the suffering. We don't understand it. We talk about them more or less because we understand Vayimar's Chayim was to knock out the lower Chayim, the Chayim Tachtanim, the Chayim of the Guf, where, the, where it's Guf 1.0. Um, okay, let's end that out as a separate episode. And, that, and then we'll just do the